Good afternoon, Central Park Baptist Church. Good afternoon to you all. How are we doing this afternoon? Amen and amen. Hope everyone's doing well. We had a wonderful bake sale and an even more wonderful morning worship. So we're looking forward to this afternoon's uh, message from the pastor. But first, if you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in singing hymn 45, hymn 45. All hail the power. We'll do all verses. All hail the power. Here we go. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the service we had this morning but lord we need your power tonight i ask that you fill our power with our, our pastor with the power of your holy spirit yes, yes. that you may flow through him to our hearts mm -hmm. and cause us to draw closer to you from what we hear today and lord if there's one here today that does not know you as savior i ask that today would be the day they'd receive you as savior thank you for the way you care for us and thank you for having giving us this opportunity to have this service for we ask it in jesus name amen Amen and amen. If you're able to uh, join us on our next hymn, it is hymn 435. Hymn 435. We'll do all verses of hymn 435. Hymn 435. When the roll is called up yonder, will you be there? Hey. Sing along. Oh, when 
the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more. And the morning breaks eternal, bright and fair. When the save of earth shall gather over on the other shore. And the roll is called of yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called of yonder, when the roll is called of yonder, when the roll is called of yonder, oh, when the roll is called of yonder, I'll be there. On that bright and cloudy morning, when dead in Christ shall rise and the glory of his resurrected share when his safe only home beyond the skies and the roll is called of yonder I'll be service here this Sunday. We're awful glad that you could be back for this service. I want to encourage you to get a bulletin if you didn't get one and pick up all the announcements that are there. But let me give you a few announcements to begin with. Uh, don't forget uh, this Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning we'll be having ladies Bible study this Tuesday the 19th. 19th. Are we right? Yeah the 19th 10 o'clock in the morning we'll be uh, having ladies Bible study. Don't forget We'll be going to the Creation Museum if you want to go on July 26th. July 26th. We'll be leaving the church here at 9.30 in the morning. We ask everybody to come, if you would, by 9.15 in the morning to be here, unless you're driving. If you're going to be driving there, please be at the museum by 9.50, 9.50 in the morning. But we're going to take our big air-conditioned bus, and I'm sure it'll be very comfortable for you. Amen. I promise it'll be comfortable. They'll be driving it uh, just to keep it cool. And then uh, don't forget about the potluck dinner on July 31st. That's the fifth Sunday of the, of the month. And we're going to have, uh, we'll have our morning service. Right after our morning service, we're going to go into the Fellowship Hall for a potluck uh, lunch. After the lunch is over, we'll come back into here. And we're going to have a fifth Sunday sing. Amen. We're going to have a fifth Sunday sing. And uh, we'll be, uh, uh, if you haven't signed up for the fifth Sunday sing and you want to sing, Please sign up in the foyer, if you would, please. There's a On the bulletin board, there's a list up there of people, and we want you to sign up for that. If you'd like to sing, amen? Right. I'm not on the list. I love to sing. You don't want to hear what I sing. Right. Amen? Yeah. Babies cry. People weep when I sing. It's not because it's so good. It hurts their ears so much. 
but uh, I want to encourage you to be a part of that. If you've never been a part of the Fifth Sunday Sing and you've never sung, we'd like you to try. Amen? We found some beautiful voices last time we did this, and now they're singing in our specials. Amen? So I want to encourage you to sign up. Brother DeVito has a good announcement for us. Brother DeVito? Amen. Amen, amen. Well, I want to uh, thank everyone for helping us at the bake sale this afternoon. And uh, I'm also happy to announce that we were able to raise a total of $533 there at our bake sale. So once again, thank you. Thank you very much for that. Thank you all for, for everybody that baked something and brought it to donate it. So that was a big blessing. So if you still, if you still uh, haven't paid yet, you can uh, give that to myself or one of the finance men there in the office area, and we'll gladly take that from you. But thank y'all. Yeah, they'll be glad to receive it, amen. I tried to, uh, you know, I, I bid on my wife's cake today, and they bid me out. You ever have somebody run something up? Yeah. And, but the Lord blessed, and uh, Miss Sylvia bought the cake and then gave it to me. So I thought, well, praise the Lord. So I really appreciate it. And I, share, I, I shared, amen. But sharing time is over, you know. So, uh, I mean, sharing time was this afternoon for lunch. But, uh, you know, just so I'd let you know, just in case you're thinking about that. But, but no, I appreciate everybody that, uh, that helped and baked and all those things. It really made it a, a blessing to our kids. So, I uh, appreciate that very much. Let me, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer and receive our offering this afternoon. And may the Lord bless you as you give. Dear Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. And. Uh, Lord, as we come back this afternoon, uh, God, I want to pray, Lord, uh, and thank you, Lord, for our people that were active this afternoon, and, and uh, they stood and, and or stayed around, and they uh, purchased the cakes and things, Lord, uh, on behalf of our young people, so thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, for the folks that, that uh, made all the cakes and those things, Lord, and I pray, God, that you'd please uh, just bless them, Lord, for that. Lord, I pray, God, for our folks that uh, didn't make it back today. Lord, uh, uh, it stirs my heart, Lord, and I, I pray for them, God, because uh, Sunday afternoons, it, it's such importance, Lord, and as it is for Wednesdays, and because it's a time of learning, it's a time of uh, going to your word and helping us, God, to understand many things, Lord, about who we are and why we are. So, Lord, I pray, God, for them that you'd speak to their hearts, uh, God, about and burden their heart, Lord, for uh, being more faithful to to attend, and so we, we just pray thank you for that. Thank you for all of our folks today, for our guests that are here with us this afternoon. Bless Lord, and bless the offering, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come.
if you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in singing hymn 440, hymn 440. We'll do the first and last verses of hymn 440. Hymn 440, the first and last verses, if you're able to rise. Oh, when my life work is ended and I cross the swelling to turn to hymn 587, hymn 587. We'll sing all the verses to at Calvary 587 and then briefly greet each other after we conclude this hymn. Amen. Uh, years I spent in vanity and pride Caring not my Lord was crucified Knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy, mercy, there was great and grace was free. Pardon, there was multiplied to me. There my burdens all found liberty at Calvary. By God's word at last my sin I learned. Then I trembled at the law I'd spurned Till my guilty soul imploring Turned to Calvary Mercy there was great and grace was free Pardon there was multiplied to me There my burden so found liberty at to Jesus everything. Now I gladly own him as my king. Now my rapture soul can only sing of Calvary. Mercy there is great and grace was free. Pardon there 
Salvation plan, oh, the grace that brought it down to man, oh, the mighty God that God did spend at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Lord, and there was multiplied to be there, my burden so. at this time. excited to be here. Say amen. 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 There's no other place on the planet that I'd rather be than amongst God's people. Amen. Amen. Well, no no other place in this earth. I mean, one day we'll all be with Jesus, but until that time comes, I want to be right here. Amen. Amen. Okay.
such a good time he forgot what he was doing <laughs> uh, first Thessalonians chapter 1 somebody like to give a testimony before we get started go ahead Kevin oh it was that it? oh I thought you was giving testimony but since you're up go ahead amen yeah amen somebody else yeah don't be scared I mean go ahead John Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Brother John. Oh, I thought, I thought, I thought Brother Brandon was going to tell. I was looking back here, and Brother Aaron, he just sat down, you know. I mean, <coughs> uh, somebody else? All right, let's stand and let's read. First Thessalonians chapter 1. Everybody got really quiet. Everybody, nobody wants to move, you know. <laughs> First, yeah, this is not an auction. I'm not going to get nabbed you, okay? We, that's all done. First Thessalonians chapter 1. Found your place. Say amen. It says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. As ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Father, thank you for this this passage of Scripture, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd bless the reading of it. Help me, Lord, as I uh, speak to our folks today about the witness of the church. And, uh, God, I'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> now, uh, what we're looking at is a letter written to a church. And the, the thing we got to remember is the epistles, were all, they're all letters. 
and they're written to the church and they were circulated around until, until God take, took those letters and put them into the canon or what we have in our hand as the, the uh, word of God. And if you notice again in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1, notice what it says, Paul and Sylvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This, this church letter was written from Corinth to the church at Thessalonica to help them grow in the Lord. And if you recall, we talked a couple of weeks ago and learned two Greek words, uh, for the first one being ekklesia, which means a called out assembly. And the second Greek word we learned was kyriakos, which means belonging to the Lord. So the church is literally a called out assembly that belongs to the Lord. And we also read in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, where it tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ purchased the church with his own blood and that we owe our loyalty and our allegiance to the Lord above anyone or anything else. And if we're not careful, we have a tendency to give our loyalty and to give our allegiance to other things. First uh, Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, it tells us that Christ has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Now the church at that, uh, uh, here at Thessalonica was established on Paul's second missionary journey. Now you see this, that these men are going out and they're church planters. Paul's a church planter. He's going out starting another independent church. Now they weren't called Baptists yet, remember, uh, but it's another independent fundamental church based on the doctrines and the teachings that they received from the Lord himself. So, again, the church at Thessalonica was established on Paul's second missionary journey. And if you look over in Acts chapter 17 with me, Acts chapter 17, we'll read verse 1 through 4. Uh, we can get a glimpse into Paul's journey and how the church uh, got its start. It says, Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, in other words, this is, he did this all the time, as his manner was, he went in into the synagogue uh, unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. So the Scriptures are these letters, have, have already, they've already been circulating. Uh, and he says, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that, Jesus, and that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. Yes. So Paul, listen, remember, he got a glimpse of the Lord on the Damascus Road. So he's preaching to you as a witness. You know what a witness is? It's somebody that tells you what they've seen, heard, and felt. Uh, and he says, and look what he says in verse 4, and some of them believed. In other words, they got saved and consorted with Paul and Silas and of the devout Greeks, a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few. So after this church uh, was started, it, it really began to grow and it began to take off, which brings me to the question, and, and, and you know, when you get to these places, I like to, you know, play Ask yourself questions. I think it helps. It says, why, why is the, was the church of Thessalonica such a great church? And, and what was 
of the cause of its growth. Well, if you are a realtor, when you start talking about things that, that, that you're going to start, it's location, location, location. Uh, but I want to show you from Scripture why this church was an example church and why this church had a, such a great witness and why it began to grow. And by the way, and it was not location, 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 all right? Uh, so uh, the reason churches have uh, great missionary programs, the reason churches see souls saved and folks get baptized, again, is not because of location, but the reason is because of the members' obedience to the Word of God. Anytime you see a church grow, anytime you see a church prosper, it's literally as a result of the obedience of the members of that church. And you can all say, Amen. Uh, and I want to show you a group of people who really got it. You know, listen, sometimes you look out there and, and you see folks and, and what you're saying, you know what it does? It goes, Meow. I mean, it goes right over their head. And, and sometimes it's not because they don't understand it. Sometimes it's because, you know, they're, they're ducking way down in their chair and in hoping it don't get stuck on them. You know, they don't want to get it. Uh, well, I want, these folks got it. I mean, they got a good dose of Jesus. And, and, and listen, that's what we need today. We just simply need a good dose of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so as a result, God used them in a great way. So the first thing is in verse 2. I want you to notice and simply the remembrance of the apostles. Look at verse 2 says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. It says, Remembering without ceasing uh, your work of faith, labor of love, patience of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father. So the things that, that Paul remembers about this church of Thessalonica was, first of all, their, their work of faith. I mean, it's right there. He says, remembering without ceasing your, look, what does it say? Your work of faith. I mean, a strong church is a, is, is a church that's stirred up and aroused to work. And, and folks, it's faith that stirs the church to work. Listen, true faith will stir up a child of God to go to work. And somebody once said, our belief determines our behavior. And that's exactly the truth. And these Thessalonian believers, they didn't just talk the talk, but they walked the walk. I mean, and they worked. They had a, a work of faith. You know, one of the things that I'm thankful for, and I'm thankful every Saturday, is to see our people come out here on a Saturday morning and go out and knock on people's doors. And, and some of our ladies sit in here and they, they put the, 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 all of the material together so that our other folks can go out. You know what that is? That's a work of faith. Uh, that's because they know that, that faith works and they know that reaching people with the gospel uh, uh, works. And so they, they work and they, they put their feet to their prayer, if you will. They, so these folks here, they had a work of faith. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. James chapter 2 and verse 18, it says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Now, it's not telling us that you're getting saved by works. It's showing us that because I'm saved, I'm willing to work for the Lord. I'm willing to serve Him. I'm willing to go out and knock on somebody's door. And by the way, when you go, not everybody's going to be receptive. Amen. Sometimes you get the hand. Uh, but this, this Thessalonian church, they showed their faith by the way they lived. And, 
And when a person believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm talking about truly believes in he is served or stirred to work and serve the Lord Jesus. And the same is true about uh, the, the body of believers or, or the church. The, the stronger uh, their faith, the more that they will work for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and folks, we live in a day when people's faith is not very strong. And the reason we see that is because of, it don't take much anymore for, to get people out of church. I mean, something, you know, he hurt my feelings. I knew it, I knew it that this guy would hurt my feelings, and you know what, next thing you know, people's out. Listen, uh, God help us to be a little more grounded in our relationship with God than things like that, amen? Amen. So he remembered their work of faith. He also remembered their labor of love. Uh, The word labor, it says that in verse 3, and labor of love, that word labor means an intense labor united with toil. Now, it wasn't a labor that was laborious. It wasn't one that said, well, you know, I guess I got to go teach today. Uh, I guess I got to go to church today. I guess I got to go back this afternoon. No, that, that's not what that is all. Listen, love was the motivator. It was the, the love of Christ, the Bible says, that constrained us. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15, it tells us that for the love of Christ constraineth us. Listen, don't ever allow people's problems to fog out or cause you to lose focus of the Lord Jesus Christ. And folks, listen, if we love God, then listen, we will work. Listen, love is action. Love is love always labors. Listen, love means to sacrifice. And, and listen, if you're a parent, I'm telling you, you have sacrificed for your kids. You know why you did that? Not because... You know, I, I brought them into this world. It's my obligation to take care of them. Make no, wait a minute. It's, you, you labor for them because you love them. Even when they don't do right, you love them. Even when they, you know, color on the walls with crayons, you still love them. Even though, I, listen, I, I was uh, arguing with my brother one day, and, and you know, I wasn't very big, and, and my brother was big, a lot bigger than I am, played football in high school and all that stuff, you know, and he made me real mad one day, so I went and got me a bat. Honest to goodness. And so I walk in the bedroom with this bat, you know, and I'm, I'm fixing to teach him what for. Yep. And he walks around the corner, and he sees me, and he grabs that bat and I'm grabbing it from him and and you know when we're playing tug of war and I yanked on that and he let go and I knocked a big old hole in the wall my daddy loved me for that you know even though I knocked a big hole and my dad is not a do-it-yourself kind of guy and and he loved me for about 10 minutes you know and uh Help me you know, to learn how not to get a bat after my brother because that's the kind of stuff that happens. And, you know, and the uh, Board of Education was applied to the seat of knowledge. Yeah, amen. amen. But you know what? He still loved me. I still remember him setting me down saying, let me tell you something. I, listen, I'm, I, I still love you. And, and you know, regardless of how I misbehaved and what I did, listen, my, I know my dad beyond a shadow of a doubt. My parents, they loved me. Just like you, you know what? Love is action. Uh, and when, you love in, when you're in love with someone, especially the Lord, then you, that love will show forth. And Paul, watch, he figured it out. And he said that if the Lord loved us so much, you know what? Listen, Jesus loved us so much. Paul teaches us he died for our sins on the cross. 
And Paul knew that. So Paul thought, listen, so he, Paul literally said, then I want to serve the Lord because of what he's done for me. Listen, I don't preach because or pastor because of anything else except for what God has done for me. I came to the realization that, listen, he saved my soul. He didn't have to save me, but he did. Listen, he knew me. He knew I was going to live wrong. He knew I was going to, uh, uh, you know, deny him for a period of time in my life, but he still loved me. He saw all that down through the corridors of time. He looked and he saw me doing that, but he still died on the cross for my sin. And then there was one day that I came to the realization that he saved me. And by grace and his mercy, I am still here. Why? Because he is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I came to that place and I said, Lord, you know what? I've been acting like a, a dummy all these years, but I'm here today to tell you that because you love me, I'm, it finally sunk in, and I finally got it, and I said, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do, and I'm here today simply because the love of Christ constraineth me. That ought to be the reason why any of us do what we do. I thank God for our folks that labor in love in the ministry of this church. Listen, like the nursery workers. I looked down here this morning, there were three rows of ladies sitting down here that was willing to work in the nursery. Let me tell you something. I thank God for our nursery workers. I was, uh, I mean, I was in there, I walked down the hallway this morning and there was about three of them in there having a meltdown. And you know what I'm thinking? Thank God for our nursery workers. You know, and I'm thinking, don't anybody go in there. Listen, those ladies, bless their heart, I am thankful for them. Listen, I walk by and I see our ladies, they're changing diapers, and I, I don't miss it. I saw Brother Joseph in here this afternoon. Uh, Ricky was in the chair, and there was stuff. I mean, there was a big pile of stuff under the floor, and he had a broom. And you know what I said? I don't miss it. You know, but I thank God for the ladies, listen, who, who labor in love in our nursery and, and do that so that we can do what we do out here. I'm thankful for our teachers who, who teach our Sunday school classes. I'm thankful for our, our, our van workers who come out here and, and, and visit on Saturdays. I'm thankful for our men and our ladies who, who, because of a labor of love, they come out and they go knock on people's door. People who, who oftentimes, listen, who slam the door in their fags, who say, I'm not interested, who say, get off of my property, or who maybe spit on your shoes. Listen, I want you to understand something to do that, and, and then go back and do it again the next week. It's a labor of love, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, Paul remembered that. He also remembered their patience of hope. You understand that the, the hope in, that this world has is uh, uncertain at best? I mean, but hope in the Lord Jesus, listen, it's a sure thing. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and, and our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, it, it ought to stir us as a church to endure uh, in, in the work and, and in our labor. That word patience, it means endurance, steadfastness, and perseverance. And our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, he will, watch, let, let me tell you, this is the promise, he will guide you, he will strengthen you, he will sustain you. He will provide for you. He will deliver you. And he will bless you. And the list goes on and on. But listen, it is a sure thing. 
We don't have to. Listen, when we say my hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not an uncertainty. It's a sure thing. We know that he will do those things for us. You say, well, how do you know? Well, it's written right here in the word of Almighty God. He gave us his word on that. We also know that the Lord's going to transfer us one of these days into heaven. I remember Brother Mark was just talking about that a while ago. Someone said, asked him about the, what he believed, about what's going on in society today. And, and I told Brother Marco, I think it's just getting, the, God is just shaking up the nest a little bit. Now getting us to where, listen, I, we get tired of this stuff. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of it. I'm weary of, of all the uh, uncertainty, and I'm weary of all the lawlessness. I'm weary of all of the, the schools that are going through that, and the children who's, who, because of wicked and evil individuals, are taking the lives of those children. Listen, I'm, I, I don't know about, I'm tired of all that. And I think that the Lord is just getting us to where we come to that place where we say, Even so, Lord, come. I, I'm ready to go home. And when I say home, I'm not talking to my house in Leonard. I'm talking about the rapture of the church and the saints of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul says he remembers their patience of hope. And, and you know, there, and there's several reasons why that, that when he talks about uh, our, our hope and our labor of love, there's reasons why an individual works. One, uh, if we want to eat, we got to work. <clears throat> so what God said... Uh, God says, if you don't work, you don't eat. My, my daddy was a good, you know, uh, enforcer of that. And my mom always said, if you don't like what I put on the table, then go get you a job and go buy your own groceries. And so I learned what to eat, whatever she put out there. And I mean, but man is forced to work. We're, we're forced to labor. Uh, but there's also a sense of duty, a sense of obligation. There, there, there are needs that have to be met. Uh, there's the wish to gain more. One thing that, you know, listen, uh, I don't, don't raise your hand, but how many of you can't even hardly get your cars in your garage because you got so much stuff in there? Hey, you know why? Because we, we have a tendency to want more. Uh, I mean, they're just, uh, that's human nature. A man works to build wealth. But watch, when a person receives Christ, then our motives for working ought to change. Uh, now he serves and works for Christ and our, our faith, our hope in Christ ought to stir us to work for him. Uh, that's why we ought to, we work so that, listen, we work so that we can give and when we give, God just blesses us back. Why? So we can hoard it up? No, but so that we can give and, and, and to the cause of Christ. Again, so that, so that we can hoard it up? No, because so that God can bless us more, so that we can give more, so that he can bless more. Listen, you can't outgive God. He's got more than you do. He owns everything today. And if you want to be blessed, just learn to be a giver. So we work uh, for him. Colossians 1.5, it says, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, uh, whereof ye heard before the word of the truth of the gospel. I mean, it's a sure thing. The child of God's hope rests in the promise of the Lord's soon return. I, listen, I don't know when he's coming, but I believe he's coming soon. Amen. You say, well, when is soon? Well, I don't know that either, but I, I personally believe that it'll be in my lifetime. If the Lord don't call me home by the way of the grave, and uh, then I think I'm going to get to hear the, the sound of the trumpet, and we're going to get called out here. I believe we're that close. That's why we ought to work a little harder. That's why we ought to be a little more faithful. That's why we ought to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because our hope is laid up for us in heaven. It's a sure thing. 
Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. It says, And to wait for his Son uh, from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. We've been delivered. Acts 1, verse 11 says, Which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus was taken up from you. Shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him uh, go into heaven. So patience of hope. Listen, there's a song that says, We'll work till Jesus comes. Some people just sing, We'll till Jesus comes. We'll. You know why? Because they don't want to work. It bothers them to even say it sometimes. But listen, God help us to be workers for him. Paul remembered their patience of hope and their labor of love. But this is where I wanted to get to, and I, I, the, the relationship of the people. We talked about this. Brother John mentioned this a while ago. Now, this church was growing and thriving. Uh, it was a Christ-honoring church because um, their focus was not inward, uh, but it was outward on the lost. Uh, listen, the Christian life, and, and I want you to get this, Christian life or church life is, uh, is about building relationships. Y'all follow me? It's about building relationships. Listen, if you're here and you don't know everybody over here, then you're missing it. And if you're over here and you don't know everybody over here, then you're missing it. If you're sitting in here and you don't know people on either side, then you're missing it. You, you need to get around. Listen, you need to move around. You need to fellowship a little bit. When it's time to be, when, it, when people are in the fellowship hall, be in there. Amen. And all God's people can say, amen. amen, don't be hiding out in the bathroom. Amen, don't be hiding out in the nursery. Listen, it's about relationships. You ought to know your brothers and sisters in Christ. Get to know them. Why? Because one day you're going to have a burden on your heart and you're not going to have anybody to share it with and the old devil's going to come around and start beating on you. Man, you're just out here all by yourself. Nobody loves you. Listen, the Bible, I just read it in the book of Proverbs this morning. It says if a man had friends, he must do what? Show himself friendly. Listen, so it's on you. But most times we come in somewhere and we say, man, I don't know about that guy. He didn't, even, he didn't shake my hand. Wait a minute. No way. What would you do? Come on. Amen. Come on. Oh, wait, did you go and try to shake? No, wait a minute. Then, then show yourself friendly. Let me, when we have folks come, listen, show yourself friendly. Amen. Hey, man. Listen, uh, it's about relationships. And, and remember, we're getting a glimpse here of a church and how it all started and how it began to grow. And, and when you look at, there in verse 6, you know what it says? It says that, and ye became followers of us. The first time these people met somebody who spoke, I mean, this is the first time they heard somebody talk about Jesus. It was right here through the Apostle Paul. And their impression of Paul could have turned them away from the Lord or it could have caused them to have more interest in Christ. And folks, that puts a lot of responsibility on you and me. It's been placed on us. Listen, that when, that, that when we have an opportunity to tell somebody about Christ, we need to be uh, congenial about it. Uh, notice that they followed human examples. Now, listen, when we follow somebody, a person, you you got to understand we're all fallible. Right. Nobody in here is perfect. Right. 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 Amen. Amen, that's right. Nobody in here is perfect. Praise the Lord, that's right. 
Nobody in here is perfect. I know that, that shocks some of you, but we're not. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Listen, we do the best we can. Uh, but we're all going to make mistakes. We're going to say things that, you know, we're going to open our mouth sometimes and insert foot. Yeah, we, we all do it. But you know what? Listen, we need to understand that we're not perfect. But we should be the type of Christian that when a lost person sees us, that they'll want to know more about the Christ that we serve. The devil is always trying to get a Christian to fall, to fail. And the reason why he does that, listen, whether it's a preacher or a pastor or a teacher or just a, a Christian in the church, is because Satan knows that, that, watch, he knows the importance of human relationships. And he knows that people look to the Lord. Listen, he, if people look to the Lord, that, that God has used human beings for that, uh, you know, to help people see Christ. And sometimes when new folks get saved, listen, you know, the first person they attach themselves to is a weak Christian. We got to be careful. You know why? Because the devil, man, he's just sitting there licking his chops, knowing that if a, a, a new baby Christian gets hooked up with, with the a Johnny immature Christian over here, that listen, all he's got to do is get this immature Christian to say something or do something, and now he not only has one out, but he's got two out. Listen, God help us to understand that it's about being a mature child of God. In order to do that, you've got to put the time in to have a right relationship with Him. So Satan wants to distract and destroy someone who he knows is living for God. And God, again, has chosen human instrumentality to help somebody to get close to Him. He's chosen bus workers. He's chosen Sunday school teachers, visitation folks. Listen, uh, listen, church, if you're a Sunday school teacher, you, the, the bee is on you to be out and about meeting people in the church. Right. Amen. Right. Listen, wherever you serve, God's chosen you for his work and for you to be out and about meeting people, building relationships, and all God's people can say amen. amen. They followed human examples. They also followed the Lord. Look in verse 6. It says, you became followers of us and the Lord. The church at Thessalonica was an example church because they followed the Lord. Listen, when these people followed after Paul, it wasn't so that they could get the glory for it. It wasn't so Paul could get the glory for it. It was so that he could point people to Christ and give Christ the glory. John chapter 8, verse 12, it says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Listen, did you know, now this is deep. I want you to be, pay real attention. Look right up here. Did you know you cannot walk into a room and turn on the dark? Try it. You can't walk in a room and turn on the dark, but you can turn on the light. Amen. And folks, listen, when people walk up and see you, they ought to see the light of Christ in you. God gives you the opportunity to make relationship with others so that you can point them to Jesus Christ and so that they can have a relationship with Him. 
And that's why the church here is getting started, because they were following Paul, and he was pointing them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm here not to point you to me or to anything. I'm here to point you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't, don't look at me. Look past me and look at him. He's the one I want you to have a relationship with. He's the one that will answer your prayer. He's the one that will give you strength. He's the one that will make your burden a little bit lighter. Listen, you got to look to him, but you got to stay focused. The old devil wants you to get your eyes. Don't, he wants you to get your eyes on. Don't look at me. I'm just a person. I'm just a human being. Look to him. Look to Christ. But God help me uh, to, for you to be able to see Christ in me. I don't want you to look at me and have questions about my salvation or about my relationship with the Lord. But I shouldn't look at you and also have a question about your relationship with God. I ought to be able to, listen, if you can look at me and expect the same thing, then listen, God expects the same thing out of me that he expects out of you, to have a right relationship with him. Listen, Jesus wants us to follow him. And and by the way, the Lord wants followers. He doesn't want admirers. You know, I mean, uh, so we see the remembrance of the apostles. He sees their work of faith. He sees their labor of love. He sees their patience of hope. And Paul remembered this church's followship as they followed him. They together followed the Lord. You know, there's a lot. There's a, a saying that says everything uh, rises and falls on leadership. But I believe everything rises and falls on followership. You know, that's what, that's what Paul said. They, they followed him. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Listen, it's all about follow. Uh, can I encourage you today to follow the Lord? Follow him. Don't, uh, don't get your eyes on me. Listen, I'm telling you, it, it, we're all humans and we'll all make mistakes. You know, I, I do my best to try to say the right things the right way. Uh, but I, I've been known that I've got a good heart. I just tear it up getting it out sometimes. My wife has told me for, the, for years, she said, but, but they don't know you like I know you. And, and listen, I'm here to let you know that that God help us to have a heart for the Lord. And, and when you look at me, look past me to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that makes the difference for you. But God help us to have a relationship with him. Listen, I'm not here to have a, a, a I mean, I want to have a right relationship with my brothers in Christ and you, you included. But my ultimate purpose is to have a right relationship with the one who saved my soul. But if we're going to do that, then we've got to, we can't just, you know, have a token time of, of reading God's Word. We can't just take, you know, 15 minutes and, and say, okay, well, I read my verses this morning and I'm good to go. No, wait a minute. You, you can't build a relationship like that. These are letters. I've mentioned this in the past about how when we were in college that uh, Sherry would leave me a, a, a letter, a love note on the steps and uh, with a stuffed animal and I would go in there and I'd get my, get my letter and I'd throw it over there in the corner and I'd say you know I'll get to that later are you kidding me I don't think so I mean I couldn't wait to get get to where I could read it and I listen you know why because it, it was a letter from the the person that I loved and it loved me and I, I, I listen, I, and I still have them. I, I, I go back and I read them. And every once in a while, I was like, do you see what you wrote? 
Man, this is awesome. Look, and she just, you know. Listen, do you realize that, that this is a love letter? From the, from the God of all creation. He wrote it as a love letter. And he's put it on the steps of our hearts. And he says, here it is. He said, man, there it is. I, I want you to read it. And, 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 and we walk in from work and we, yeah, you know, yeah, I'll read that later. Oh, you know, I know I didn't do my devotion this morning, but yeah, I'm tired. I'm wore out. I mean, it's hard to understand anyway. Listen, do you think God would write a love letter to the people he died for? and write it to where we couldn't understand it? I understood every word that my wife wrote. It was to me. They're awesome. And I still think about them. But but I'm telling you, one of these days, all that's going to go away. But this book's going to stand forever. The Lord wrote it. He said, I loved you with an everlasting love. He said, I died, he tells, he shows us he died on the cross for our sin. Why? Because he loved us. Listen, God loved us. He said, listen, when he died, he said, I go away and prepare a place for you. He said, and if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Why? Because he loves us. And here it is, all right here, written in a book, and we have it. There are a bunch of letters. It's not just, you know, one book. It's a whole bunch of books. It's a whole bunch of letters written to people just like you and me. Let me ask you something. Do you love the Lord? Listen, this church of Thessalonica grew because of the burden that the people had for a right relationship with the Lord. Listen, I, I don't have time to tell you, but I'll, we'll pick it up next week about verses 7 and 8 about the reputation of the church. Listen, this church had a powerful reputation, uh, but it was because of their obedience and their love for the things of God. How, how's your love for God? Um, let me ask you something. You men with your wives, do you love your wife the same today as you did 20 years ago? I don't. You know, I always kid my wife, and I say, you know, if somewhere it ever happened to me, you could probably function without me, but I can't function without you. And you know what? I can't function without my Savior. I love Him. I need Him. And you know what? I don't love Him the same today that I loved Him 35 years ago or 40 years ago or 50 years ago. No. I've come to the place where it's like, how do do people do it? It's about a relationship. My relationship with you is important. It's important to this church and to the life of this church. But my relationship with him is of the utmost importance, just like yours. So can I ask you, how's your relationship with the Lord? He loves you. It's never changed. But have you got kind of cold? Have you kind of, eh, kind of attitude? Let me encourage you. Can you get back to that and say, Lord, restore unto uh, unto me the joy of my salvation, just like David. God help us, Father. Bless us, Lord. This church of Thessalonica... Lord, it's a, uh, it's a letter written to the people of God. 
And Paul's remembering some things about this people, and he puts it in the, in, in the letter. God, he remembered their language.